Throughout his years as a licensed therapist, Chris Swenson has been helping many people overcome challenges that most of us would have never been able to face. There have been many cases regarding all forms of abuse, traumas, suicides, deaths of loved ones, murders of one's children, and many more cases that would make your skin crawl. In most of these cases, he has found a person who despite facing such treachery while in the grips of life's burning fire, have found a way to cope with life and continue pushing on. These people are the true rhinos of life. It's as if the blacksmith of life had put them in the fire and hammered away. From this hammering has emerged a powerful inner armor of strength, wisdom, and resiliency. That armor is what he calls the rhino mentality. Darkness will pour out of its black rain, soaking you in negativity, breaking down your mind and body, seeping into your very soul, leaving you feeling uncomfortable and in a psychological pain. The one thing that protects you from the cancerous effects of darkness's black rain is the armor of a rhino mentality. This podcast is all about developing that armor. So without further ado, your host, Coach Rhino, Chris Swenson. Hi, this is Coach Rhino, Chris Swenson. Welcome to the Rhino Mentality Podcast, coming to you from Rhino Mentality Headquarters in Sterling, Colorado. Before I get into the podcast, I want you to be aware that the Rhino Mentality website is now up and available. So check it out at rhinomentality.com. Okay? Also, be sure to drop your email in the subscribe form so that you can get access to the Rhino Mentality newsletter. All right. And if you haven't already, find the Rhino Mentality Podcast on iTunes and download the episode, subscribe to the podcast, and if you like what you hear, leave me your review of the podcast. I do want to appreciate feedback, so please do so. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to play you a clip of me talking about depression and helping you win the fight against depression. So with that, let's begin. Roll the clip. There's a difference between being sad and being depressed. And what I mean by that is that sadness is a fleeting moment. Sadness comes and goes pretty rapidly. There's nothing wrong with being sad. Sadness is pretty normal. Now, if you listen to a podcast that I recorded a while back, and that podcast that I recorded was on life weather. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sadness. It's life weather. It's just a cold day. It's a rainy day. Sadness. Sadness might be there for a day, maybe two days, and that's about it. But when we get into depression, depression is completely different. Depression is like an onslaught campaign, like a war campaign, man. It is an attack. It is a campaign against you, your very life. And it just doesn't come on for a day or two. This thing could be there for weeks, months, and it's not going to leave you. And it's not just about feeling sad. Sadness can be part of the depression that's ongoing. But it's bigger than that. It's larger than that. So what's important to realize is just because you're sad doesn't mean that you're depressed. Now, when you're depressed, this thing goes on for a while. So now, with this, this today, I want to explain to everybody 
that there are four key areas that if you want to beat depression, you want to be successful against it, to resist its ways, these four areas are where it's vital. Okay? First is awareness. You need to develop the awareness of when it's around you or when it's not. And with depression, that's a tricky part. Because sometimes you don't know, is it just sadness or is this depression? Like, am I just having a bad couple days here or is depression coming? So sometimes before you realize that it's depression, it's already around you and it's tightening its grip. But awareness, you need to know how it it impacts you. You need to know how it absolutely gets you to do what it wants you to do. Because the more you cooperate with it, the tighter its grip gets. So you need to understand not just, not just the symptoms of depression. Because to me, those symptoms of depression are nothing but the tactics that depression uses to wear you down. So awareness will be key. Second part will be management. You need to know how to deal with it. So once you've got the awareness, now what? What do you do? You need to know how to manage with it. Pretty basically, the way to manage it, because there's many different ways that you can deal with it. When you break it all down, it turns into this. Don't cooperate with it. You can't cooperate with it. If you cooperate and do what what it wants you to do, it tightens its grip and it gets worse. Anytime you resist it, you're making progress. So management a lot will be, how do you resist depression? How do you fight back? Okay. Third part, which is very imperative, is self-leadership. You've got to understand why are you fighting this? Why? Why is it important? And you need to understand why that fight against depression is imperative. If you don't have a strong enough why, especially to live, then you might be in a pickle. You might be in a big, big pickle. Because you're going to find out when you hear some of this today that depression itself will infiltrate into that and get you to believe that your life isn't even worth fighting for. So if you're out there today and you're listening to this and you're dealing with depression, remember, self-leadership is about you've got to find that reason to fight, the reason to live, man. And if you've got that thought in your head, well, my life isn't worth that, or I don't know, any of that crap going on, that's it. That's depression, man. It's in your head and it's trying to get you to give in. Why? Because if you do what I'm talking about, if you find a why to live and you find it, it's going to go away. And it knows that. That's why it's trying in your head right now to get you to quit, to get you to give in, to not listen to what this person has to say. Why? Because then it's going to go away. It doesn't like it. It's like a little kid in a candy store crying and whining, man. So, the difference between sadness and depression It's all right to feel sad. Sometimes it happens. That's okay. It doesn't mean we're depressed. But depressed is more. It's a campaign. It's a campaign against you. It is going to be there for weeks, sometimes months. It's like a plow hook behind you. It's just not going away. No matter what you do, you just can't fluff it off. But But three areas, awareness, management, leadership. 
are what's going to help you deal with it. The fourth part is don't do it alone. Don't do it by yourself. You don't need to fight depression by yourself. Now, if you do, you just make it a little more difficult. You know, think about it. If you had to go outside right now and you have to fight 10 dudes, do you want to fight the 10 dudes all at once? Or do you want to fight them one by one? Or better yet, if you get a chance to call on about 12 or 15 or 20 or 100 of your friends to help you, would you do it? Absolutely, you'd call on your friends. Don't fight this by yourself. So, summarizing just this beginning part here is there's a difference between being sad and a difference between being depressed. Okay? There are four areas that I want to talk about that are going to help you beat depression. And that is improving your awareness, your management, your self-leadership, and don't go alone. Okay? So, if we look at, first of all, let's find the why. Let's understand the self-leadership. Why? Why is it important to fight depression? To me, what you've got to realize is one of the key things that depression wants to do, it doesn't just want to make you feel sad, get you to be by yourself, feeling crappy. No. What it wants to do is to kill you. That's what it wants to do. Get rid of you. Create enough chaos and pain in your life so that it will get rid of you. However, it can't do that by itself. It knows that it by itself cannot do that. But you can. So if it can get you to believe that your life ain't worth living anymore, that you'd be better off dead, that maybe other people, maybe people would be better off without you here, whatever way it's going to try to convince you, it will do it. You see, leadership is kind of about your inner morale. It is your inner culture, what you believe about you. You're worthless. You know, if you feel worthwhile, the importance of who you are and why you do what you do. Every day you need to talk about that. Every day you need to find that purpose, that passion, something that ignites that fire in you to get up and fight it every day. So one thing that can help you actually is if, if anyone has ever told you that you have an attitude, like, have you ever heard this before? Like, wow, you have an attitude, you know? Or, you know, you're defiant, right? Is there any part of you that's defiant? Any part of you that has that attitude in you? Can you dig deep and find that part of you that just says, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to do what I want. You know, that attitude, man. Find that because you're going to need it. You need to summon that part of you through using your leadership skills. Because the idea is, is this. The attitude that needs to be developed in you is one that you're in charge, not it. Okay? You need to be in charge, not it. No matter what it's going to throw down your throat, no matter what it's going to put into your head or how it's going to make you feel, you control you, not it. 
that's what you've got to do. So anytime that you are resisting depression, it's pretty much like giving depression the middle finger. Think about it. What it'll want you to do is sit down, do nothing, and don't move. Whenever you feel like getting up and wanting to go do something, what happens? You just get this feeling like you just don't want to do anything. Or maybe that's not going to work. That's just not going to help. You know, I don't really know if I want to do that. All those thoughts are nothing but depression, whining like a little kid in a candy store at that time, trying to get you to do what it wants you to do. Go back, sit down, don't do anything. To me, getting up anyways and at least making an attempt to do it, that is what's needed. That's the middle finger to it. That's the idea. You need to call upon an attitude, an energy in you, which comes from self-leadership that says, I will control me, you will not. Now, I realize with depression, at times, it can be pretty well entrenched. Okay? So, if you try what I'm talking about today, and you're still struggling with it, and it still tightens its grip, then you need something that's more than just another teammate. You might need a medication. What a medication will do is hold it off enough so that you can start gaining some more ground on it. It may not be that you need to be on meds for the rest of your life, but it may be for the time being. Now, the United States did not become the United States by itself. It had help from the French and half the Iroquois nation. Getting medication sometimes is like getting help to help you win your independence from it, from depression. So sometimes being able to take the medication allows you to hold things off enough that you can now start to move a little bit and get momentum built. Okay? So you've got to find the why. You've got to find the why. Why keep going? Why keep living? What's important to you? What's, what's a passion for you? You've got to find that. Are there people that you love? Are there people that depend on you? Maybe you need to find a cause or something to be a part of, something bigger than who you are. Think about Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln struggled with depression severely. And the one thing that he said he did was he had to throw himself into a cause bigger than who he is. Otherwise, he probably would have never been here anymore. So the idea is, is if you throw yourself into a bigger cause, something that you want to believe in, be a part of, that's bigger than who you are, making a difference in some way, that helps to find that purpose, the purpose to keep going. So if there's not a purpose in your particular life, then find a purpose of how you can serve in somebody else's. You've got to find some way. That's the aspect of leadership. Now, self-leadership can go a little bit further as far as being no different than, let's give you an example. Let's just say you're out there on like a sporting event. The football team is getting beat and they're getting beat pretty bad. You've worked hard, you've prepared yourself and you're still struggling. Then you have to go in at halftime. At halftime of that game, your players walk in and they're defeated. 
and they're in pain. The morale is down. How do you as a coach start to talk with that team to get them back into the fight again? That's what I'm talking about with self-leadership. You need to find ways, whether it's quotes, people, movies, something. Something that helps you to get yourself back motivated again to get back in the fight. Because you're going to have victories and you're going to have defeats. You don't just walk at depression and just beat it right away. No, you're going to win battles and you're going to lose battles. The idea is you staying in the fight and you'll win. Stay in the fight, you'll win. That's the thing. The only way you lose is when you quit. That's it. So if depression has been pounding you and pounding you and pounding you, beating you and beating you and beating you, so what? Doesn't mean anything. That's just the scoreboard now. The idea is what are we going to do going forward? Okay? So leadership, you've got to find a way to frame things. You've got to find a way to get yourself to self-talk about what's going on, to get yourself back in the fight again. Okay? So leadership is imperative. Now, let's get into awareness and management. All right? So first of all, let's start getting some awareness. You need to develop awareness. How do you know when it's around you? Because to me, I've had people explain it to me over the years that if you, if you go back and think of the Harry Potter movies, you remember the Harry Potter movies? Yeah. They had those little black, evil, crazy creatures. Um that were on the movie. Remember those? The Dementors? Yeah. Many people have described me the depression is kind of like those Dementors. You know? Things start to get a little cold and ugly when they start coming around and they just suck the life out of you. And that's what depression is like. It's quiet. It sneaks up on you. So we've got to know. Now, one thing is many people associate with is knowing like a sad mood. Depressed mood. Now, if your mood has been depressed for most of the day, nearly every day, for several days, weeks, months, yeah, depression's around you. It's there. It's lurking. Honestly, to me, depression's around everybody. Everybody. No one's immune to this thing. It's around there. And the more it seeps into your very mind, the more it can work. Okay, so if there's any time that you're getting that down mood on a consistent basis, it's around. <coughs> now, one thing to look at is on another podcast, I talked about what's referred to as the support beams. Okay, if you want to go back, pay attention to that you can. But I talked about support beams. What this is is it's an acronym to stand for S beams. S being support, B meaning body, E meaning emotions, A actions, M mind, and other S spirit. So to get awareness I want to use the support beams because what it's going to do is depression will start to attack your support beams. Once it attacks your support beams, it'll infiltrate those to get right into your very psyche. To get into your foundation. To get right through your mind into your very soul and your heart. And it's going to want to get into that foundation, which is pretty much like your computer program. This is your programming. 
This is what runs you. It is going to try to hack into that and get you to run programs according to its way. Like we talked about, it's going to want you to run self-destructive programs that eventually lead to you dying. So, support beams are our first line of defense. Right? Support beams, through awareness and management, operate through the support beams. When we get into self-leadership, that's talking about our programming. That's our foundation. That's what keeps us in the fight. We want to make sure we're running some sound programs. Now, so, let's start with support. The one thing depression does not like is other people. It doesn't like you being around other people. It doesn't want you to be around people. It wants you to be by yourself. Think about it. If you had to fight five guys, would you want to do it all at once or separate? You'd probably try to separate them. Okay? It's an easier tactic. If it could isolate you, it's easier for it to mess with you. So it doesn't like you being around people. Okay? So support. One thing it'll do is cut your support off. So once you start finding yourself isolating away from other people, now not just one day I just don't feel like going out. Uh, I've had a lot of busyness, I've been around a lot of people else, so I just want to be home tonight. You are isolating then, correct? But you're not isolating then because depression is getting you to isolate. You're just taking a break. Like I said, difference between sadness and depression. Depression's ongoing. So you've noticed that you've slowly isolated away from things. You stopped doing things that were helpful to you. You're getting off the road. You know, when you're driving down the road, you're going down the road. But when you start going towards the ditch, there's little subtle signs that alert you that you're getting towards the ditch. If you can be, have awareness and catch those signs, you can get yourself back on track again. Okay? If you don't, you end up in the ditch. So to me, the awareness of some of these tactics are, hey, if you're starting to isolate yourself, you're starting to go off the road. Now, you're not off the road yet, but you're starting to. So if you start see yourself isolating away, look out. Right? So it cuts you off from your supports. Now, the other part is it's going to try to cut you off of your spirit. It doesn't want you going to church. It doesn't want you believing in your higher power. It doesn't want you talking about you. It's going to try to get you to have your negative attitude towards your higher power and stop going there. Number one, it cuts that support off, but it also cuts all spiritual resources to you. The one thing that can truly sustain you is the power of that spirit that will always sustain you. Always. If it can get you to cut your ties there, it is absolutely going to be a tough road. So, it cuts off the S's of the support beams. Cuts your support, cuts off spiritual resources. Now, the beam is all that's left, and it is just going to squeeze the beam. So you look at it in your body, B, in your body, what do you feel? Sometimes you can feel some pain. Sometimes you, you, it takes away your energy. It starts to take away your motivation. Maybe you're not eating as much, or maybe you're eating too much. Maybe you're sleeping an awful lot. Or maybe you're not sleeping hardly at all. 
You're going to see an impact in your body. Maybe you're moving a little slower. How are you moving your body? Are your shoulders kind of slouched? Heads kind of down? Your tone of voice is talking like this. Do you have that? And that's probably a sign depression's around. It's getting you to move your body in a certain way. It's got you to cut off your supports and your spiritual resources. Now it's going to get you to move your body in a certain way so that it cooperates, tightens its grip. So one area of management in the area of body is stand straight up. Move a little quicker. Okay? Don't put the head down. Talk with more emphasis and passion in your voice when you speak. Now, do you feel like doing that? No. Why? Why are you not going to feel like doing that? Because you're depressed. I get that. But that's where the fight's at, man. The fight is, it wants you to just sit down and don't move very much and talk like this. So instead, you get up, you move around. Movement. Move your body. Express your body. Walk a little quicker. Walk a little faster. Do jumping jacks. Exercise something. By doing that, you're giving it the middle finger. You're resisting it. That's one way to beat it. Now, while you're doing that, you're going to get all sorts of thoughts in your head about this isn't working. This is stupid. I don't want to do this. Like, this is really helping. You don't, oh, you don't really don't feel like you should just go back and lay down. All of that stuff is depression. It's like I said, it's a little kid in the candy store whining and crying because it's not getting its way. That's the way to beat it. Resist it. Don't do what it wants you to do. Now, I realize at some point it gets the better of you and you go back and sit back down again. That's fine. To me, I don't care if you got up for one second. Great. Next time, get two seconds. Then work to get three. But start taking back that life. Now, let's look at the E of the beams. E, emotions. Now, with depression, you can see what it's going to do to your emotions. It is going to bring tears on. It is going to bring some very dark, deep, intense, painful emotions that you're going to feel. You're going to cry. You're going to feel worthless. You're going to feel down. Or you could be feeling angry and irritable. Just depends on how it impacts you. So to me, in the area of emotions are, you're trying to create an opposite emotion. Laughter is one of the best tools that you could ever have against anything. Starting to laugh, man. Laughter. I don't care if nothing's funny, just start laughing. When you start laughing, you start re you start releasing those endorphins that'll help you. The endorphins are the feel-good chemicals in your body. Laughter is amazing. It doesn't mean that you actually feel like I, I have to laugh and I feel funny. No, just make yourself laugh. Just start laughing is one way. Another aspect to help with emotions is to get control of mind, control of body. You can do that through breathing. And what, what I recommend is putting your hands on your stomach. And as you take in some deep breaths, in and out, you feel the rise of the stomach going up 
and down as you breathe. What you need to do if you're dealing with some intense emotions, to ride through that, just put your hand on the belly and take some deep breaths in and feel it rise. Notice it rise. Feel the breath coming through your nose, down the throat, filling your lungs. And then exhale it out through the mouth <coughs> slowly. And as you do that, notice your hand is going back down again as you're almost deflating that balloon. What you're doing is, is you're engaging in a rhythmic breathing that'll help relax you. And you're also focused on your stomach up and down instead of focusing on the crap of the world, right? So with the E emotion, it is going to squeeze emotions, create painful emotions, getting you to make destructive choices to just get rid of the emotions. Now, you will outlast the emotions. Emotions are nothing but chemicals and feelings in your body. That's it. No one ever died of emotions. Now, they did die on how they dealt with those emotions. Okay? So the idea is, is finding some very good, solid coping skills to deal with emotions. I talked about breath control, controlling focus. Sometimes there's many different ways of getting different emotions, and that is watching a funny movie, laughing, whatever it might be. One of the more powerful things is gratitude and love. Gratitude and love are two of the more powerful energies that are out there. So if you can find, and you've got to do this, find something or someone, whatever it is, that brings on that feeling of attitude or love in you. If you've got children, you can focus on your kids. And you focus on them and you feel that. Or you find a grandparent or a parent or someone that has had that love for you that showed that. Feel that love in you. When you begin to feel it, it'll start warming you up. It'll start melting off those painful emotions. Now, when you do these things, it doesn't just like reset and all of a sudden the depression's gone. No, it's just like a dial. Like if you look at like a speedometer, depression has got that sped way up into the depression range. So when you start doing something against it, it doesn't just drop back down to zero. It starts to go back down or at least holds where it's at. Too many people think, well, hey, that didn't work, Chris. I tried that, didn't work. Well, it's not just going to, like, go away, but you're resisting it or lessening it. That's what you're after. Like I said, if it's like that speedometer, the pressure just builds. It doesn't just flatline and drop away. There's still some pressure in there, but the hope is it's a little bit less or more manageable. That's what you're after. Okay? Now, let's take a look at A actions actions that you can do man there's so many different things that you can do between jogging running watching tv listening to music drawing whatever it might be the reality remember though is anything that doesn't cooperate with it because what it wants you to do is sit there do nothing don't do the things that you usually do that brought you fun and enjoyment it's also going to try to get you to create habits and behaviors that feed it. Bad habits, 
bad behaviors that don't help. Okay? So, the idea with actions are you've got to find something that resists it. In other words, if the action it wants you to do is to go into your room and sit down and just be in your bed and feel lousy, then an action is to resist that is don't do that. Don't isolate. Don't go there. Go around people. Start laughing. Watch that funny show anyways. And when you do, it's not going to feel as funny as it was before. Why? Because it's like you got to go to the movie with this. Have you ever gone to a movie with someone that's just not into this show? They keep talking all the time. Oh, this show sucks. I don't even know why I even came to this show. I mean, it wrecks the atmosphere for you, right? Yeah. Well, it's going to be the same thing. When you start watching that funny show that you always laughed at, it's not going to feel quite the same. That's because you're going there with depression. And it's going to be like a little kid in a candy store, crying and whining the whole time, trying to get you to just give up, go back home, sit by yourself, and feel lousy. So, to me, the longer you stay there, the better. That's the idea. Resist it. Whatever it's wanting you to do, sit by yourself, feel lousy, don't do what it is, either overeat or don't eat. Hey, the actions need to be to resist it. And when you start doing that, it's going to try to convince you that it's not working, that it's not helping, that, hey, you know, it really doesn't feel... It's going to do anything to get you to do what it wants you to do. Do you see what I mean by it infiltrates the support beams? It wants you to do certain actions. Move your body a certain way. Because if you do, it's going to infiltrate into you. Now, the M. The M of the beams are your mind. These are the thoughts, the images that it puts into your head. So it's going to put thoughts in your head. Now, if you deal with depression enough, you will have suicidal thoughts that comes with depression. That's part of the game, man. Like I said, it wants to destroy you and can't do it. It needs you to do that. So if you're dealing with depression and you start having some suicidal thoughts, it is just an awareness that, hey, you're going off the road. You know, you're not doing very well. You might not feel like you're not doing very well, but if you've got those, you're getting very close to going off the road. You've got to, at that time, make sure that, holy smokes, i got to catch it. I've got to get myself back on the road here. So those kinds of thoughts become kind of a little warning tool to you, an alert to say, hey, I'm not doing very well, and that's it. It doesn't have to mean that, oh my gosh, you're going crazy, or you're losing it, um, or, or oh my gosh, you're going to go do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Because if it could get you to panic with that, it will infiltrate even deeper. And trust me, if you cooperate with it enough, it'll tighten its grip so much that it's like a proverbial black hole that you'll get into. Things will be dark. And it'll be almost like there's no thoughts there. It's an emptiness. People I've worked with that have been down there, that have survived through there, will tell you. It's like, wow, friends around them say, why don't you call me, man? You know, you're thinking about hurting yourself and killing. Why don't you call me? That thought isn't there. 
They've, it's gone so deep, so tight, so far that it gets to a point where you're going to act without even having any thoughts, feeling, or anything. Why? Because it's infiltrated into you. It has tightened its grip so much. It's hacked into your, your programming, and it's running the show for you. So it's very, very important to catch it at the support beams level. If you can catch it at the support beams, you've got a better shot at this thing. You've got a better shot. So think about it. If it cuts you off from your supports, cuts you off from spirit, uh-oh, look out. How are you moving your body? Are you moving your body and, and, and moving it in a way and using it in a way that feeds depression? Right? You think about a depressed person. How do they look? How do they walk? How do they talk? Are you doing that? Then don't. Resist it. Even though it doesn't feel like it, resist it. Okay? Now, the E, the emotions. You've got to find the opposite emotion. You've got to find some way. If the dial of depression and pain is really far up, then we've got to dial the attitude and gratitude and love to try to warm that up. You know, when it's cold outside, what do we do? We put the heat on in our house. Well, when we start to feel real some deep sadness inside and we're feeling that depression that's in us we've got to turn up the heat man we got to turn up the love the gratitude opposite emotion laughter something now that doesn't make the house become wow we feel totally toasty in here now you still feel a bit of a chill but that's all right at least you're not going to freeze okay so getting awareness of those when you think of support beams Use that as a way of developing awareness. How is it affecting my support beams? And the management thing is, is how can I manipulate my support beams in a way that counteracts it or resists it? And then realize when you start to resist it, it's going to get pissed. It's going to really try to drive up some thoughts, really try to take away that energy. It's going to do something to get you to give in. The idea is the longer you stay against it and resist it, the more in control you are. Okay? Once it infiltrates into programming, that's why you need a big enough why. That's why you've got to understand the fight. That's why you've got to find that purpose. Because when it starts to get pretty deep and it gets intense, you've got to hang on to that why. And it needs to be big enough. You need to believe in yourself. You need to have certain kinds of habits, behaviors, you know, uh, finding supports, whatever that is at that point that you've got to use to really get going because it cannot infiltrate into that. Because it'll start getting you to believe that there's something wrong with you. It'll start getting you to believe that somehow you're just not like everybody else. And you start forming stories about you that start feeding depression. And pretty soon... Depression isn't the one who's creating the problems for you. You are. Because you've identified with it. You've begun to feel as if this is really you. That somehow you're just defunct and you're disordered and there's some problem with you. No. It's just the fact that this stupid thing is hacked into its programming. Don't buy it, man. Don't buy into that. Now, the last part is imperative. Do not face this alone. And I'm going to say that again, because many people just, they know that, but they don't do that. Don't 
face this alone. Just get around people. Talk to people about it. Depression can be the most abusive presence out there. It's one who doesn't want you to talk to certain kinds of people. Won't let you do things that you like to do. Right? That's what it's doing. So be around people. The other part is, it doesn't want you to talk about it. Think about it. When someone's abusing you, they don't want you to tell people about that. Right? Because if you told people about it, somebody might do something. Somebody might help. So all these evil people are all about what? Shh. Don't say anything. Silence serves that problem. So if you go at it alone, you're going at it with silence. Silence feeds it. You've got to tell people. You've got to do that. Now, what does depression usually do? Oh, I feel like I'm burdening so-and-so. Yeah, if I talk about it, I want to burden them with my problems. Now it's the reverse, man. If they're actually struggling with something, hey, helping someone, when you're struggling, helping somebody else out actually helps you feel better. It's not burdening you, but that's depression again. You're right, let's just buy into depression. Uh-huh, no, don't. So if you get those thoughts that oh, I'm just burdening so-and-so, or, well, other people have it worse off than me, or it's not that bad, all of those things are depression. Trying to get you to be quiet about it, to go at it alone. Just getting you to crawl back in by yourself so it can just make you think of all the crappy stuff in your life. The thing is, is go around people, be with people, find your supports, connect with those. Do not face it alone. Okay? Now, so let me summarize a lot of this stuff today. The difference between sadness and depression. Okay? There's also the four areas. Awareness. You've got to know when it's around. Catching it is the best. It's no different than watching game tape, you know? Coach calls a timeout, brings you over, says, hey, this is what the other team is doing. When you see them do this, then do this. Adjust. You've got to get that awareness. You've got to know. Now, management is number two. Management. Remember, do anything that resists it. Anytime you're doing what it wants, you're cooperating with it, and it tightens its grip. Anytime you resist it, you are resisting it, and you're loosening its grip. It tightens its grip through the support beams. So use that acronym, support beams, to know. Move my body differently, create different emotions, take different actions, have different thoughts and images in my mind, connect to my spirits, connect to my supports, okay? Now, leadership, imperative. You've got to believe that you are worthwhile, that you are somebody. You've got to understand, like I've talked about to you, find that attitude in you, that defiance in you, that says, screw you to it, and says, I'm in charge, not you. You can make me feel lousy, but I'm still going to go to the movies with my friends anyways, because I'm in charge. Finding those and cultivating that attitude in you. Beginning to have those good self-leadership self-talks that says, hey man, you're awesome, you can get in the fight. Stay in the fight. And this is why. Having those skills. And the last part was not to go at it alone. Don't go at depression alone. Now, 
To me, if you're doing all these things, and it's still very, very difficult, one way of not going it alone is going in and talking to somebody, a professional, counselor, therapist, doctor. Get on some medications if that's going to help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of weakness. If you got that thought like, man, that's just weak. That's depression. Like I said, anytime you, you're going to go do something that's going to benefit you and you get that negative thought in your head against it, that's depression. So to me is talk to someone. Seek out the help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a very big sign of strength. To me, not seeking out the help with this is stupidity. It's that of the fool. To be wise is one to seek out help when needed. That's the idea. So if you're struggling right now, seek out the help of a professional. Remember, try to use through the support beams. Listen to this over and over again. Share this with people as much as you can. Whatever that might be. But don't go at this alone. Well, there you have it. After listening to today's clip, I am very hopeful that you got a good game plan now to go out and win against depression. Now, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I hope so. It is also my aim to ensure that each and every podcast episode is clear and concise enough for you to understand and implement immediately. So, if there was anything that you weren't quite sure you understood, or is there something that you'd like to know more about, please let me know. I care deeply about helping you face the darkness in your life. And my hope is that this podcast episode provided you with some ammo in your fight. So send me an email, chrisss at rhinowellnesscenter.com. Also, subscribe to the podcast. Check out the rhinomentality.com website. Drop your email in the subscribe form. And if you're interested in receiving coaching services where you'll be working with me one-on-one to help you fight the darkness in your life, then send me that request in an email, chrisss at rhinowellnesscenter.com. And in closing, from my movie, The Lone Survivor, my favorite quote from there, always remember, no matter how much it hurts, or how dark it gets, or how far you fall, you are never out of the fight. Coach Rhino out.